0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org.
1: Certainly, life in general is filled with many discouragements, a common stumbling block to many going forward in a healthy, positive way as pastor ray teaches us in his popular life-changing series your battle against discouragement the christian faces even more unique problems in dealing with discouragement because it's one of the most powerful weapons satan has in his bag of tricks to neutralize a christian's walk making him ineffective for god's use ultimately discouragement will operate like a crowbar opening the door to doubt which, if left unchecked, will tempt the Christian to take the path of least resistance, finally to a place where he settles for far less than God had intended, a place called compromise. But you'll find real hope in Pastor's exposure of these weapons, his 16 powerful Bible-based strategies to battle these forces, and his encouraging words that even though the journey through discouragement is difficult, doesn't mean that God can't be in it.
2: David is is lamenting and moaning and groaning. And then finally, let's go to verse 16. He says, when I thought how to understand this, in other words, when he stopped his complaining and he got his footing back and he put his attention back on the Lord and on his faith walk and on the promises of God and stopped looking at the prosperity of everybody else around him and the blessings of everybody else around, whether they be the proud or, or the godly or the ungodly, he, when he finally got himself stabilized and stopped looking around, he said, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. In other words, I had to go back to God. And in this case, he had to go to the sanctuary. In other words, he had to get a hold of himself. See, sometimes when, when you see in others around you, I, get, uh, I got a very powerful testimony here that will bless you, but when you see others getting the things that you need and want and desire, you're praying for a new car and you're still driving a junk and three other people in your, in, your fr- in your circle of friends all got their new car and you're still driving your junk car or whatever it be, you're still believing God. i am tell you what, you can get pretty discouraged. Because you're looking at saying, God, what about me? So he says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Then notice verse 21. Now he comes to his senses. He says, Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I love this next verse. I was like a beast before you, <laughs> a beast. In other words, saying, Lord, I was, I'm all fleshed out. I, I've gotten so whacked out because I'm looking at everybody else and what they have and what I don't have and how it's working for them, it isn't working for me. I got in the flesh like a beast. I'm like an animal. That's how ugly you can, you can be. See, sometimes you don't realize it, but you're, you're like a beast. You're looking ugly. And he says, nevertheless, I am continued with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel. Now he's got, his, he's got his head back straight. And he goes on to say in verse 26, for indeed those who are far from you shall perish and destroy. In verse 28, he says, but it is good for me to draw near God. I put my trust in God that I may declare all your works. Now, I'll give you, I'll give you a story because I fell into this um, a little bit. Many years ago when we were trying to build this building, we are coming out of Port Chester. You've all heard this story. Um, many of you have heard the story. We, we were 150 people. We had $150,000 in the bank. And we embark upon buying this piece of land and beginning this building pro- process, which was a really very, very difficult process. Um, many, many times along the journey, I thought the task, I thought the journey was difficult. The task was too big. I never, bu- I never even put a doorknob on a door. And God calls me, to build, you know, to lead this building project, I never even hammered a nail into a piece of wood. I'm not handy. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not handy. <laughs> so, so we were, um, we were trying to get this building project done, and had 150 people, and we had gotten as much money as we could get from 150 people. We brought, bought the building project, and one day I was sitting in this sanctuary. There was no carpeting on the floor. There was no sheetrock on the walls. There were no lights in the ceiling. All there were were these stringers with light bulbs because they were working in here. It was dusty, it was dirty, and I was sitting right here on this platform, and I looked around at this empty shell of a building. We had no more money. We were plumb broke. Nobody wanted to lend us any money. I had been to banks, I could not get any money. And I sat around and I looked, and of course the devil was sitting on my shoulder saying, saying to me, consider the cost before you go to build the tower lest you do not have the money to finish and everyone laughs at you. See, Pastor Ray, your reputation is done. You're going to be the laughing stock of the community. You started this building and you can't finish it and you have nowhere to go. I'll be honest with you. It was a very discouraging moment of my life. Very discouraging because I really stepped out in very bold faith to do this. And I felt like dark. I felt like God had forgotten me, forsaken me, left me. Anybody ever ever feel that way? I didn't know where to go. Nobody could help me. Everyone said, well, I'll pray for you, brother. And I'm thinking to myself, I believe in prayer, but right now some money would really help. I appreciate the prayers, but can you, can you, can you, can you get some money to, to me because that's really, I need the prayers, but I need the money. You understand, you know, I'm just being real with you. So in the midst of this battle, one of my staff members comes to me. He says, Pastor Ray, did you hear this? And I said, no, what? He so said, it was in the paper. There's a church, she named the church, local church. There was a wealthy businessman that just gave them a million dollars. I said, what? A million dollars. Well, I would like to tell you that I was rejoicing for that church, but I wasn't. <laughs> First thing that I would to God, you sent that man to the wrong church. <laughs> They're not even in a building program. I'm in the middle of this building program. I have no money to finish it. And that church gets a million dollars. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> I would like to tell you that I was being you know, spiritual, but I wasn't. I was like a beast before him. I was envious of the prosperity, not in this case of the evil, but of another brother. Because it, 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 it envy, whether you're envious of the world or the envious of people in the kingdom, either people in the world or the king, it's still envy and it's still no good. And, and it could cause great discouragement. I'll be honest, I was, dis- I mean, my heart just, I said, man, there are, there are people out there with this kind of money. God sent somebody to me. You sent that guy to the wrong church. Now, 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 listen to this, all right? Now, I didn't stay in that position for very long because I I then I got down on my knees and I started to pray and I said Lord bless that church. <laughs> um uh, Thank you for blessing that church. Now, I wasn't feeling it. I'm being honest with you. I wasn't feeling it. I still, in my mind, I'm thinking, you sent the guy to the wrong church. But I knew I had to do the right thing. I wasn't going to allow myself to get, you ready, discouraged because somebody else got something that I was believing God for. So I, you know, I got through and I said, Lord, ooh, I said, Lord, bless them. Sorry about that. Lord, bless them. I'm, I'm happy that they got it. And then I, I began to, to, to quote some scripture. I said, God, you're not a respecter of persons. Whatever you've done for them, you will do for me. You'll do for us. I trust you. Forgive me for having a wrong attitude. You know, and I got into the flow of it. I got my stride back and I got back into the race. I did think about that church once in a while. <laughs> I did think about that, and I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, if he's got another million dollars that he wants to unload, send him right this way. But guess what? The man never showed up with a million dollars. As a matter of fact, nobody showed up with a million dollars. Nobody showed up with even $10,000. As a matter of fact, nobody even showed up with 1000 at that point. We had drained the congregation, basically. Everybody gave as much as they could give. It was just a small congregation. But I, as the man of God and the leader and one who's on this journey and been given this task, I had a, had an opportunity to do one of two things. Either get discouraged, start to doubt, compromise, or stay in, the, stay in it for the long haul and see what God was going to do. Well, the long and the short is that God, we did complete the project. We went a different way. God opened up different doors. Nobody came with a million dollars. Nobody brought any big money. But we were able to work it out to where we built this building completed it we shouted victory and i kept a good heart we all kept a good heart about it now let's fast forward about three three to four years all of a sudden this couple shows up in the church and i never told this testimony for many years i just told it recently i started to share it because the the family at that time asked me because they were in the church they didn't want anybody to know uh, about this because it would be obvious it was them they were a very very wealthy family and um they started coming to church here. They were very solid, strong Christian believers. And um, someone one day came to me and said, you know who that is? I said, I have no idea. And they told me who it was. I said, oh, okay. I said, you know, very, well, very wealthy people. I said, oh, okay, very successful. I said, oh, okay, that's great. You know, that doesn't impress me. I treat everybody the same. I'm not into the politics, you know. You know, some people kiss up to the wealthy people and, you know, hang around. I, I, I love everybody the same. I'm not, getting, I'm not playing that game. Homie, don't go there. Now, I don't, homie. Don't play that. I don't. I don't play that, right? So, so, so you know, I'm just preaching. You know, because sometimes you know the temptations. You want to adjust the preaching to please, and pastors have done that. But I, I don't care, man. You don't like me. I've had. People, that big givers, come to me and tell me they don't like this, they don't like that, I should do it. Don't come and tell me what I need to do. You never did what I do. You're not called to do this. I'm called to do this. You can't even do your life and you're going to tell me how to do my life. You can't even do your thing and you're going to tell me how to do my thing. Go do your thing and I'll do my thing and let's just leave each other alone. Don't meddle in God's affairs. You're not called to it. You don't understand it. You can't understand it unless you're called to it. That's right. yeah. Unless you're called to it, you don't understand it. So anyway, one day, um, you know, they were coming to the church and we weren't, you know, wealthy men, but we weren't seeing anything that wasn't showing up in the offering. And trust me, I was checking. So, so, you know, it wasn't showing up and, um, so one day, anyway, I get a phone call, and it was this guy, and he says, Pastor Ray, I just want to talk to you a little bit, and I'm thinking, okay, I remember I was sitting in my kitchen, I just finished cleaning up from dinner, or whatever, and he called my, my house, somehow he got my house number, and he called, and it was fine, and he said, I just wanted to talk to you, so I just want to tell you how much I love the church, and how much, you know, you've been a blessing to us, and the word you preach is really good, it's practically, you're down to earth, we can really relate to you, he says, you know, and he told me a little bit about himself, you grew up a Christian, and I'm listening, i saying, yeah, yeah 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 and he said well he said you know we haven't had a family church because I've been my business has co- taking me different places and we've been moving around a lot over the last couple of years and he says we haven't had a family church and uh, so we've had nowhere to tithe now he's getting my interest <laughs> I said yeah <laughs> And he says, so what we've been doing is we've been taking our tithe and we've been putting it into an account, waiting for God to let us know where this church is that we are to put this tithe into. I said, yeah. (laughs) And he said, well, we believe that this is the church. I said, "Yeah." yeah. So he says, well, I'm going to have my accountant call you because, you know, when you're in that realm, you don't do this stuff. You have accountants that do this. So I'm going to have the accountant call you and um, he's going to arrange, arrange for this to, you know, be transferred over to your account. He said, and I'm, I'm waiting, you know, I have no idea how much money he's talking about. He says, well, just to let you know, he says there's a little over a million dollars in that account. So, so the account, so I'm like, okay, give me this information. I wrote it all down. Thank you. I mean, I nearly fell off. The t- I mean, my heart almost jumped out of my chest. I had never in all these years of ministry ever received a gift, not even close to that. You know, not a gift to me, but, but a gift to the church, a tithe or an offering to the church. Never, never, never in all the years of ministry had I ever gotten that kind of money coming into the church. So my heart was beating anyway. The count and call, we transfer the money. It turned out to be 1.3 million dollars. So, so about oh I don't know about a year later. They're getting ready now because he's moving again. His travels are taking him somewhere else. He was with us for a number of years. Very humble, very very humble. You would you would never know. Just a humble person. And then about a year later, um, he called me up. Well, a couple times in between, there was some money that he given for some special things and. This accountant, you know, I kept talking to this. I really like talking to this accountant. (laughs) Every time his name came up, I said, Yeah, you know, all right, I like the accountant thing. But anyway, so about a year later, he calls me and he says, Look, he says, you know, we're getting ready to move and this is what we're doing. This is my travel state, but I I have another tithe that I need to give. And I said, Yeah. (laughs) He said, So and so, you know, the accountant's going to call. He said, Yeah. Anyway, it was another $500,000. So in a matter matter of a year, a little over a year, he sowed into the church $1.8 million. Now, Now, here's my point. Here's my point. Going back to that day when I was sitting here and the person came and told me that the church down the street got a million when I'm praying for it, don't know how I'm going to finish the project. If I had gotten a soured heart, bad attitude, discouraged, fell into doubt, made a compromise... I wouldn't have been there for that day when the 1.8 million dollars was coming into the hands of this church to do the ministry and to do the work. I wouldn't have been here. It wouldn't have happened. I would have compromised. Or if I had kept a sour heart about it, God would have never directed that man in this direction. That man would have never ended up here. I was getting used to those. That, that, that accountant called, though. That was great, man. Every time he called. So 1.8 million. So that church got a million. But this church and this pastor got 1.8 million. It didn't look like it. Are you getting my point here? You see, you can't let discouragement knock you out because you just don't know. You may be on, you know, hardship uh, highway, but you are about to turn onto Blessing Boulevard. The next turn is going to be, you know, it's going to be the flood tide of blessing coming into your life. But you've got to be committed to the journey. You've got to be committed to the task. You've got to rejoice with those who are rejoicing along the way. Don't get jealous. Don't get envious. Don't take offense because others are getting blessed. You need to take lessons from them. Because your day is coming god is not a man that he should lie god listen he promised that he, he he got what he does for one he will do for another. he is no respecter of persons in other words he doesn't have favorites That's right. i know some of you think you're god's favorite but you're not i'm god's favorite no we're all god's favorite God does not have favorites. He loves everybody. What he'll do for one, he'll do for the other if you will dare to believe him. If you will dare to stand in faith. If you will dare to stay on course. If you'll stand up against the discouragement that comes your way, refuse to doubt and most certainly do not ever compromise your walk with God. Do not compromise your faith. Do not make a concession with the enemy. We're getting into no discussions with the devil. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it forever. It's gonna be a reality in my life. It'll be a reality in your life. That's the end of it. Let me tell you what, when that money came to to the hands of this church, it flipped everything the other way, got us out of a hole, we're able to pay off debt, we're able to get ourselves stabilized, we're able to buy that house, which now is a tremendous blessing, we didn't have that house, we'd be in big trouble, all of our storage is there, we had to put offices there, we have meetings there, we're doing things, using it, it was a blessing, why, why? because of that man and what he did to increase this church, but it also took this man to stay the course. See, you don't realize it, but God, while, while, while God is working on you, while God is working on you, you've got a dream, you've got a vision, you have a destination. Listen to me, God's working on you. Simultaneously, God is working on somebody else. And if you'll stay the course, just time, just time. I said, just time. I said, just take some time. It may be a little bit longer, but you stay the course. You're over here, and that that, that guy's over there, and you're both walking on a journey, and all of a sudden, bam, there's going to come a day. The appointed time is going to be revealed, and the blessing is going to flow. Your appointed time is going to come to reality. Amen. Come on, somebody in the house. you got to be committed to the journey. you got to be committed to the work. you got to hold your heart fast. You can't get envious and jealous and, and, and envious of other people. Rejoice with everybody. Thank God that he's a God that blesses. Thank God that he's a God that increases. Thank God, that He'll do it for you if you'll just maintain your faith, maintain your stride, stay in the race. Don't quit. Don't get into doubt. Don't get into compromise. Kill that discouragement by encouraging yourself in the Word. You see somebody get blessed, you say, God did it for them. They're gonna do, he's going to do it for me. I'm, I'm getting in line. If faith worked for him, it's going to work for me. If the word worked in his life, the word's going to work in my life. If anything, I'm going to learn from those around me is how to, how to bring the blessing into this natural realm. Be imitators of those who through faith and patience are inheriting the promises of God. Don't get offended. People get offended. say, well, I don't know. This stuff doesn't work for me. You know why it didn't work for you? You didn't stay in long enough. You're not doing it. You're not on the journey. You're not committed to the journey. You're not committed to the work. You gotta stay on the journey. You gotta stay. You gotta be committed to it. You gotta keep doing it. When it's easy, you do it. When it's not easy, you do it. When you feel like doing it, you do it. When you don't feel like doing it, you do it. You just do it. Turn to somebody and say, Do it! Just do it. Just keep at it. Your day of blessing and harvest is closer than it was yesterday. You are closer today than you were. Some of you are about to turn the corner in your life. Don't get discouraged. Don't get doubtful. Don't compromise. Continue the
1: walk even though it's difficult.